0: You're listening to episode 42 of Burning Brightly, learning who you are and how to love her. This is Burning Brightly, a podcast for Christian moms who are feeling called to build a business and share their light with the world. I'm Bonnie Wiscombe, a life coach, mom, and entrepreneur, and I'm honored to be your guide as you face this business-building adventure full of highs, lows, and everything in between. This is where we help each other find the courage to shine. Hello, my friend, welcome back to Burning Brightly. I cannot wait to talk about how to get to know yourself and how to love yourself and why it is so important. So first off, let's talk about relationships for a second. Relationships are kind of a make or break of our happiness in this life, am I right? You have good relationships in your life, spouse, family, extended family, friends, acquaintances, business associates, and it really can make life so much easier and so much happier. Now, does that mean we can't be happy without good, happy relationships? No, of course not. We know how to manage our minds, which means we can be happy or choose to feel something else anytime we want. But relationships are important for other reasons as well, for our mental health, for our support in this life. Every relationship is not created equal. Obviously, some relationships are way more important than others. I think we can all agree that the number one most important relationship we have in our life is that with God. If we do not have a good relationship with God, it will affect literally every area of our life. Every aspect of our life will be negatively affected if we do not have a positive, continuous, connecting relationship with our Creator. But I think that the second most important relationship, second only to the one with God, is the relationship with ourselves. Why? because no matter what happens, you never leave yourself. You always have to have a relationship with yourself because you're always here. You might end a marriage. You might lose a child. You might end relationships that are important to you, whether you choose to do so or it's outside of your choice. But the fact of the matter is, you will have to have some sort of a relationship with yourself for the rest of your life. Now, many people don't know that this is a thing. They don't even consider themselves as a necessary person to cultivate a relationship with, or they don't think it's important if they have thought of the concept before. But there can be so many negative effects of a bad relationship with yourself. These can include sadness, depression, anxiety. They can include frustration and impatience with ourselves and with others. Being hypercritical or having unrealistic expectations, again, with ourself or with others having a very black and white view of the world, which often leads to a lack of compassion or empathy that can come from a bad or unhealthy relationship with yourself. Addiction or self-destructive behaviors come from this as well. Poor relationships with friends and loved ones can be traced back to a negative relationship with yourself and just an overall feeling of chaos or dissatisfaction with life in general. So clearly we all want to avoid these things. We don't want to struggle with addiction. We don't want to lack compassion or empathy for others. We don't want to be sad and depressed and anxious all the time. But if we do not have a good relationship with ourselves, some of these consequences are likely to happen. So what in the world does this even mean? How do you develop a relationship with oneself? What does that look like? Well, we're going to break it down today into three main areas. Those are identity, understanding and really embracing your identity your purpose, understanding and embracing that as well, choosing a purpose for your life. And then the third one is acceptance of yourself. Okay, so identity. What is your identity? Who are you? How do you know who you are? So why is identity so important? Well, there is a reason why certain shifts in life create major emotional and mental upheaval. It's because they mess with the idea of our identity. So things like becoming a parent. Think about what you felt like when you became a parent. Or if you ever lost a child or another close family member. If you went through divorce, retirement, became an empty nester, graduated from college, got a majorly different job than you had before, or lost a job, left a job, started a business, went through a faith crisis. All of these things have the ability to shake who we believe we are. And when our identity is messed with, it affects so much in life. So what we want to do is we want to become unshakable in the knowledge of who we are so that when these big life events happen, it doesn't crush us, it doesn't destroy us because we know who we are and it doesn't have anything to do with the activities and the things that happen in our life. When our identity shifts or is threatened, It really can shake the bedrock of who we believe we are and what we think we're doing with our lives. Like, what's the point of life if I've always thought that being a mother was my most important identity and now my kids are gone? It's terrifying. And to that point, one of the most common instances I see of this as a coach who talks to a lot of moms is when kids get bigger and they start going to school, becoming teenagers, becoming more independent, and then eventually leave home. That can be very, very catastrophic for a woman who has created an identity around being a mother. Now, being a mother is a wonderful thing, but we have to really acknowledge that it is a role in a relationship. It's not an identity. If your child, heaven forbid, dies or they rebel, they leave home, they choose not to have a relationship with you, what does that mean about you? Are you still valuable? Do you still have a purpose in life? Are you worthy of love if your child does any of these things? Are there other identities maybe you sometimes cling too hard to? I personally have realized a lot in my adult years that I cling very hard to the idea of being productive, being someone who is useful or, or even busy. I actually hate the word busy, but I like the concept of always doing and going and being useful. When I get sick and I have to slow down or I'm bored for some reason, I really struggle. That is an identity that I have adopted that is not necessary. And it's something I have to battle. Now, I think we know, I hope we know, that our main and most important identity should be that of child of God. All others are secondary to this. So be really cautious of clinging to any identity that pulls you away from God or that can be taken from you. If you identify as blank and that is something that can be taken from you by someone else or just circumstances of life, then you're setting yourself up for some major upheaval at some point during life. Now, why do we cling really hard to... Other identities besides being a child of God, well, because we get something out of it. Generally, we get a sense of purpose. We get a sense of accomplishment. We, we like to feel fulfilled or like we belong somewhere. We feel better and so we cling hard to it. That is just how life goes. Anything that makes us feel better, we want to hold on to. This isn't a bad thing necessarily. We just have to be aware of it so that we are not taking our worth from these roles. Now, luckily, being a child of God gives us all of these things. It gives us a sense of purpose, of accomplishment. We can feel fulfilled and like we belong, but it might not be as obvious to see how that works with this identity as with others, right? As a mom, it's very obvious how I feel fulfilled. I do so by pouring my time and energy and love into my children. As a child of God, I have to work a little bit harder, right? I have to immerse myself in my faith community, I have to help other people, I have to obey God's commandments. It takes a little bit more work, but it is so crucial that that's our main identity. Now speaking of purpose, that leads us into the second pillar of how to understand who we are and to love ourselves. We have to figure out our purpose. A sense of purpose or meaning is essential to our need to survive and thrive as a human being. It is built into us. Imagine if we didn't have this need for meaning or purpose in life. We would all just be sitting around, shoving our faces full of garbage and watching Netflix all day long. In fact, we see kind of some side effects of a lack of purpose in our community these days. People that are just kind of wandering aimless. We see a lot of depression suicidal ideation, some really terrible maladies because people don't have a sense of purpose. And of course, as Christians, we know that's because people draw away from God. They don't understand their true identity, they don't understand their true purpose. But unlike identity, purpose is something that can shift and change, and that's okay. I actually personally believe that boredom and not being challenged are way worse for us than hard struggles and trials, because those struggles and trials make us better. They make us stand up, show up, work hard and, and lean on God. I think we start to die a little inside when we don't have a reason to wake up every day, which again, when your purpose shifts, changes in any way, or you lose a purpose, that requires some adapting. So what is your purpose? Like I said, unlike identity, there's no right answer to this, except for how it fits with your identity as a child of God, to follow him, love as Christ does, but we can have other purposes as well. And like I said, these shift over our lifetime. So about 10 years ago, my main purpose in my day-to-day activities was a lot different than it is now. It was to keep, at the time, six very small children alive and homeschool them without completely losing my mind. My oldest was eight, my youngest was one. It was a lot of chaos, a lot of things required of me, and it was a struggle. I also, however, had purpose in my church community. I had purpose as a friend I had purpose as a family member in my own family and my extended family. I also found some purpose in being a blogger because that's kinda when I started my entrepreneurship journey and started learning how to put some good out into the world as a blogger. It was really fun. Now today my purpose has shifted a little bit. I still have purpose as a mom and to more children now. I have purpose as a wife, still a member of a church congregation. Now also as a life coach. I love coaching others and that gives me a great sense of purpose and accomplishment. Again, as a business owner, also as a friend. So some have stayed, some have shifted. My purpose as a mom is a little bit less exhausting and all consuming, but it is a little bit different as I'm starting to see my children leave home and prepare them for the real world. So your purpose will shift while your identity does not. Some phases of life might be actually harder to discover your purpose than others. Like I said, retirement or empty nesters, when all of a sudden you have a lot of stuff going on in your life and now it's gone. Or maybe your spouse passes away or you get divorced, or maybe you're single and you want to be married. That's going to be a shift in purpose, what you thought it was going to be versus what it is now. So what is a purpose? Well, it's anything that makes a positive change in the world. If you have any way of affecting positive change, that can be your purpose. Do you have any chance to spread love and light in your world? Are you able to be an example of kindness, Christ-like love? Do you have a chance to build something that matters and is going to change people's lives? And if not, why not? What are you waiting for? This can be something huge like starting a business or a nonprofit like we talk about here, or it can be something so teeny tiny like just talking to a lonely neighbor who doesn't get out much. But when we are wallowing in misery for whatever reason, finding purpose outside of ourselves will heal us. That's why we talk about going out and serving somebody else when we are miserable. It distracts us from our own frustrations and it gives us that sense of purpose. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Okay, so identity, Purpose number three, acceptance and self-love. Now, self-love comes in many different shapes and forms, and we're going to talk about it from a Christian perspective today, which might be a little bit different than what you've heard before. Acceptance and self-love is not loving your mistakes and imperfections and never trying to improve yourself because you're perfect just the way you are. Okay, This is the world's counterfeit to how God has taught us to love, and it's not in keeping with Christ's teachings. We're talking about loving ourselves as God loves us, unconditionally, but with a desire to change and grow and improve. Kind of like how you love your children. You love your children, or you try to unconditionally, right? You still want them to grow and learn and better themselves. You don't want them to stay stagnant and imperfect. So that's a very small shift in meaning, but I think it's a really important one. Those who try to love themselves and justify their mistakes because they're perfect the way they are only find more misery. We know that. Our souls know that we are not perfect and that we won't be in this life. And there's this constant friction there. We want to be better. We want to be better. But we are also still worthy of love in our imperfection. And that is what makes us want to change. Again, back to parenting. When you love your child, he is inspired to do better. When you withhold love until you think he's worthy of it, he grows up with a lot of problems. He grows up neglected, unhappy, perpetually trying to earn love and acceptance. And that causes a lot of issues, as I'm sure many of us have seen. We do not withhold love from ourselves until we do better. We give lots of love and then we're inspired to do better. This works with ourselves as well as it does with other people. Now, there are two episodes I've done already on this show that really go hand in hand with this one, episode number five, developing compassion for yourself. Highly recommend listening to that one if you haven't yet. And episode 15, worth versus works. Both of those are really, really great to fully understand this concept. If you want to dive in a little bit deeper, if you personally struggle with self-criticism and beating yourself up, I promise you these episodes will help you get started on an incredible path to healing and growth. It will be some of the greatest work you'll do. So go dive in there. Now, a few questions to ask yourself in regards to accepting yourself. Are you comfortable with your own presence? Do you value yourself for who you are and not for who you're trying to become? Are you comfortable with boredom or not accomplishing things? Or is your worth tied to how you perform and the things that you do? Would a younger you want to be your friend right now? Are you loving and accepting of the weakest, most vulnerable parts of yourself? Or do you have contempt for them? That's really important. I love the concept of becoming my own best friend. Learning to do this has been one of the most revolutionary things I've ever done for myself. And in order to do this, we have to think about how we would treat a best friend who's outside of us. I try to treat my best friends with love and acceptance. I compliment them, I encourage them, I dream with them and uplift them. I might give my best friend some hard love sometimes, say, you know what, you've been kind of a brat lately. <laughs> straighten up a little bit, but I love you. You don't let her be a jerk to you, but you're also not a jerk back. You're very kind and loving in how you give that tough love. You respect her and you expect her to respect you. This is kind of meta when we're talking about ourselves, but just bear with me. You might hold your best friend when she needs to cry or be angry. You show up for your best friend again and again and again when she needs you, even if she's being terrible. You acknowledge that when she messes up, you apologize to each other and you stay friends. And again, very important, when someone mistreats your best friend, you stand up for her and you help her out of bad relationships. You guys, if we are able to do this for ourselves, we no longer have to look outside ourselves for the support and love that we need. We have it all within ourselves and from God. We don't have to stay in unhealthy relationships. We don't have to bury ourselves in addictions. We don't have to hide from our emotions or chase acceptance because we're trying to be perfect all the time. We can just be. And love ourselves as God loves us. How beautiful is that? In the end, this core relationship with ourself is essential for our emotional health and for our performance in every single area of life. If this relationship is messy or ugly, I promise you it will affect everything. And I know that God wants you to love yourself, accept yourself, understand your identity as his child, and to find a purpose in this life. It will be such an incredible journey. So get started on this. Try it out. And let me know how it changes you talk next week. Are you ready to get started on your dream business? Join Finding Your Side Hustle, my digital course that will guide you through discovering what it is you love and how to turn it into a family-friendly business. Are you ready for one-on-one support as a mom or entrepreneur? Schedule a free coaching call with me to work on the goals you have for your life, including business success, weight loss, or better relationships. I can't wait to help you make progress on your dreams.